So good morning again, another good morning, another person saying good morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Andrew, I'm privileged to pastor here and it's, um, it's good to be part of this service today and it was great to be part of Easter. Who was around at Easter? We had a great Easter here, so it was good to be reminded and as um, Mick reminded us in the prayer as well, that um, we are in victory, we are the ones that have the victory because of Jesus. And um, we're moving on. This is this is shortly after that, so uh, we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, but I was just thinking, have you ever been to? Well, I wasn't thinking. I wanted to ask you: Have you ever been to a movie, right? And you're watching the movie all the way through, and you think you know what's going on, right? You're kind of wondering, but you think you know what's going on. If you're with your mates, you don't want to admit you don't know what's going on, but you think you know what's going. And then something happens towards the end of the movie, and you th- realised. I had no idea. That just I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, have you ever been in a movie like that? Or afterwards, you've sat through a whole movie with your friends and you really don't know what happened. You know something happened, you don't know what happened. You know, and or is it just me? Am I just speaking to me? You know, and you go through a movie and then everyone sort of says, Oh yeah, this, this and this, and you're too you yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're listening to someone explains it, all of a sudden you hear, oh, now I get it. While we were away in Perth um, earlier in, oh, at, at Christmas time, we went to watch. I'm a bit of a political. Well, I like world politics and that. We went to. I took Sue. She made me watch Mary Poppins. So I made her watch Dick Cheney, the movie about Dick Cheney. You probably haven't. Even, no one's watched it here, have you? Yes, you have. And I know what you know. And so Sue's kind of pretending that she's with it, you know, through most of the movie. And um, afterwards, I'm thinking, oh, that was a really good movie, and this, this, and this, and I think she's kind of nodded. But then when I explained the history, the, the political history, when I explained what went before, why he did what he did, ah, things started dropping into place. And that's kind of what happens here. You know, when you see that these guys have, have seen everything happen, and, and they've been a part of everything, they've watched things happen, they think they know what's going on, including the disciples, And then Jesus finally explains it and a penny drops. But let's have a bit of a look. You know, we've been talking up to and through Easter about the way. We've been using the way of Jesus and leading right up to Easter using Luke, looking at his journey to the cross and what he said, what he did. We're watching what he did and what he said and and how he expressed those things and listening to the lessons that he taught and the way we should live. And we had Joel do a, a couple of sessions. We had Shane lead us through one. We understood how we should see him, and, and, and he helped us to see how we should how, understand how we should see the Father, ourselves, and the world. But Jesus' way led him to a gruesome death, and we talked about that last week. We didn't. He knew it, and yet he walked resolutely to it because he knew why. He knew that this was the only way to defeat the power of sin and death in our lives and to bring us back into full relationship with him. And with his father. And we talked about last week, we have a choice to, to walk our way, which also leads to death, but it's permanent and everlasting, or to walk Jesus' way with him, which leads us to eternal life through the death of our sinful nature. And we celebrated the resurrection, we talked about victory, we talked about new life, and we said, He is risen. And I tried to do the old Anglican thing that didn't work, and you know, I say, He is risen. Exactly, you know, we, we wasn't working so well. it worked better this week. Let's get that working for next Easter, guys. So this is where the way ends. Or is it? 
Luke records just a little bit more, doesn't he? And we see that of these after these events, after the crucifixion and the resurrection. Luke is the only one to record the Emmaus Road events, and he records a little bit more of a detail, a little bit, in a little bit more detail, the events around when Jesus appears to the eleven. And both of these, these stories, if you like, or both of these accounts show us a little more of who the disciples are, but much more so how Jesus uh, ensure, or wants to ensure that their eyes are open to who he really, really is. And this is really important. He takes them on a bit of a mini process, if you like, from still not recognizing him, if we watch the, the guys on the Emmaus Road, and even perhaps the guys when he visits them, from still not recognizing him to understanding Scripture about him, being enlightened about him through Scripture, then to recognizing him, their eyes are open, and finally the why to be witnesses. And I think their eyes are now finally open, not just to a physical man that they loved who miraculously came back from the dead. That was amazing in itself. But their eyes are now open to the whole picture. Why? And not just why it had to happen and so now it's happened, but why it has to happen moving forward, what, what it's all about. They now needed to recognize Jesus as more than, than a Messiah just to rescue them and their nation, but see that he's the Messiah that was spoken of through Scripture and the one who would rescue all of humanity, not just them, not just their nation. He wasn't just going to be a, a king and, and save them from oppression. And that now, with that knowledge, comes responsibility that they would be witnesses, that they would be messengers of this way, the way. So I just wanted to have a look at those stages for ourselves, if you like, of, of, of in those, in probably in both stories we see them reflected. And the first one is they still didn't recognize Jesus. You know, you and I are thinking, we would have got it by now, right? Of course we would, because we're all intelligent people and, you know, but they still didn't recognize him. Although the disciples knew who Jesus was, they didn't recognize him. They knew a lot about him. They'd been witnesses to all of those things that had happened in Jerusalem. And they had heard, no doubt, on many occasions, the things that Jesus testified about himself. They'd seen him do magnificent things, you know, particularly the, the one, and you know, it wasn't just the 12, it was many that followed and saw him do magnificent things. Yet when they met him, and we see that these two guys on the road to Emmaus were part of the disciple group, if you like, yet when they met him, they were not able to recognize him. And why do you think that is? Perhaps there's a couple of reasons. I think there's a couple of reasons. First thing is, <clears throat> things didn't happen as they expected. They had a preconceived idea of who Jesus was and why he came, and even how he should do it. <clears throat> When we look at the, the idea that they had, that the Messiah was coming, that the, a new kingdom was coming, a new king was coming. They had a preconceived idea of what it was going to look like, why he came, how he would do it. And when things didn't turn out like they thought they should, they dismissed the whole thing as a bit of a failure. Did you notice those words? Oh, and it's been three days now. It's all over. No one comes back and dead after you stink bad after three days. No one's, you know, it's been three days, nothing's happened. So they dismiss the thing as a bit of a failure, a bit of a missed, you know, a missed opportunity, bad exercise. 
misplaced hope and trust. You know, we thought this was going to be... You know, did you see those words in verse 21? But we had hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. See, hoped, E-D, not hope. It was all gone. So, you know, when you... um, when things don't happen as you expected, when things don't go the way you expect, you don't even recognize. So they didn't, things didn't happen as they expected. And the other thing is they had little faith, didn't they? They heard what the ladies had said. They even checked it out for themselves. Well, Peter did anyway. We talked about that last week. And we talked about why do you look for the living among the dead? But the supernatural work of God to raise Jesus from the dead did not fit their paradigm. They, and it's amazing. They heard Jesus talk about it. But it didn't fit with the way that they expected things to happen. Their faith didn't match up. They'd never really considered who Jesus was and never really believed what he said. So when he appeared to them, they didn't expect to see him. They'd written him off. And therefore, they didn't recognize him. After all, he was gone. It's been three days, you know, and, and um, we don't expect to see him. So they were blinded to be able to see them, see him. And I think for us, does that sound a little bit familiar sometimes? You know, is your road to Emmaus littered with disillusionment or disappointment? Maybe things that didn't work out, things that you didn't expect or things that, you know, that you hoped that didn't work out. Is your, our road sometimes to Emmaus littered with those things? Have, have we got broken glasses so that we can't see anymore? Our eyes are closed to the things of God. What happens when things don't turn out like we expect? When God doesn't do what we want and how we would like him to do it? And of course, none of us are as demanding as that, at least not out loud. But what happens when he seems even not to act? We pray and we pray and he's not there. We stop expecting him to show up. We stop expecting him to act. Our eyes become closed to recognizing him. We don't even see or recognize him when he is active in and around us. We can walk the road, we can talk the topics, we can discuss and we can know things about Jesus, just like the disciples, but still be kept from recognizing him, can't we? And same with faith, we need to guard our faith. You know, this this was a challenging thing for me, you know, it's... Let's not simply discount what God does and has done simply because we can't explain it or we don't understand it. I do that so often. We rationalize everything. We dismiss the things that God does and or the stories that we hear because it just doesn't make it doesn't fit our paradigm. Let's not do that. God often uses and does natural things to accomplish his plans, normal things, but he also does things we can't explain or understand. So we can tend not to recognize him in his work or worse, begin to deny that it's even him. The two disciples in our text knew something had happened, but it was beyond their level of faith to see things as they truly were. Just because they knew about Jesus didn't mean that they knew him. Just because they couldn't see him doesn't mean that they could see who he was. Many people today know who Jesus is, don't they? They've heard about him, they read about him, they use his name, and many even claim to know him. Yet they would not recognize him if they saw him. Their eyes have not been opened. Knowing about him and knowing him are two different things. 
So it's really important for us to recognize too that we sometimes don't recognize Jesus because he doesn't act as we expect he would act. Or he, doesn't, he does what doesn't fit into our paradigm and our understanding of who Jesus is. But then they're reminded of what Scripture says about him. You know, Jesus goes back with the, the guys in Emmaus. He goes back and explains everything. In both parts of our reading, Jesus took time to go back through the Scriptures, stories, prophecies, that they as Jews would have known really well. They would have known these stories. They, they were versed in them. They grew up around them. They, were, they would have known them. <clears throat> but now he explains them to them. Prophecies about him. Perhaps he spoke from Genesis in the garden where God talked about the one who would bruise the serpent's head. And, and then maybe he talked about Isaiah where it was prophesied that a virgin would conceive and bear a son who would be called Emmanuel. And maybe later in Isaiah, where he talked, where Isaiah, or he might have talked about where Isaiah said he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and yet he didn't open his mouth. Maybe he opened their eyes that that was all about him. It was all pointing to him. Jesus walked them through the entirety of the revelation to show how it gave witness to who he was, why he'd come, and why it was even necessary. Jesus wanted them to see that if they'd only believe what the scriptures say about him. They would understand why he came and why he had to suffer. And they would know who he really was. And I think this is really important for us too. This, is, this struck me as well. Is, you know, sometimes I, I, I get lazy. I don't want to... You know, do you ever get lazy? I'm, I'm probably the only one that doesn't want to read the Word all the time. Right? Do you ever get lazy? Or do you think, oh, you know... Or I can remember when I was a kid, my dad, and, and maybe this is an old Dutch thing, after every meal they'd, he'd read a chapter of the Bible. And there's nothing worse than when you're 12 years old and your dad's reading Lamentations or something like that. You know, or, or I won't go on. You know what it's... You know. So, but sometimes, you know, I, I was struck by this. You know, do we know well, but do we still need it explained to us? Do we still need to be convinced Again, maybe even. Do, do we know well? Have we heard it all before? And do we still need to be convinced? You know, this is why teaching, learning, and reading the Word, Old Testament and New Testament, are so important. This is why coming to church and having teaching, being in a life group, or, or getting together with people and reading the Word, this is why these things are so important. We kind of think that's old hat now, but it isn't. Scripture gives testimony of who Jesus is and he's still using it today to continually open our eyes and open the eyes of those that don't know him. Many people try to retell who Jesus is or we try to rationalize who Jesus is or explain him away or, or explain him so that he's easy, much more easily reachable or it's much more easy, easy to attain um, being like Jesus. Many people try to retell and then there's people that might say he's one of many ways to get to heaven. They'll say he was a good man, a great prophet, a good teacher. Or maybe they'll say he was a rebel who defied the Roman authorities. But do you know that outside of a knowledge of Scripture, we will never have a proper understanding of who Jesus is? And that's clear in our reading today. Without understanding and having a good knowledge of Scripture, we'll never really understand who Jesus is. And this is one of the reasons it's so important to believe that all of Scripture is God's Word. You know, Jesus is who Scripture says He is, that all of Scripture is God's Word. 
Because if it's untrustworthy at any point, then it can be untrustworthy at every point. It's either all God's word or it's not his word at all. When you know the scriptures, they build your faith. When you, I can sometimes read something or, and, and it doesn't make sense and, and meeting with a few other people or getting someone else's perspective, it begins to make more sense. Or reading something, or have you ever read something that you've read for years and years and then you read it one time and you think, wow, I'd never read it like that before. It builds our faith. And it's only through faith that we can come to Jesus. The truth of Scripture about Jesus leads us to that personal faith in Jesus. And Scripture is, is the tool, it's, it's, one of the, it's the, the most important tool that we have that draws us and leads us to faith in Jesus. Testimonies are great, miracles are great, and, and great feeling, great worship times are great, and revelations in your head, you know, when Jesus comes and meets you in your dreams, and, and I believe in all that stuff, that's great. But Scripture is the key thing that God gave us that draws us into that relationship, that supernatural relationship with Jesus. And we need to understand that. And it's so clearly illustrated here that once they understood the scripture, oh my goodness, that's who this is. Do you think reading the Bible or delving into it with each other or at Life Group isn't important? Well, think again. Because for the disciples, this led to their eyes being opened. It's what Jesus uses to reveal himself. I need to learn that more. We need to learn that more, that Scripture is really important for us. So then they finally recognize him. Their eyes are opened. Boom. In both cases, our Emmaus guys and the eleven, the Scripture opened their eyes. In the case of the Emmaus guys, it was after Jesus explained the Scripture and then he had fellowship with them. He broke the bread. You know, and they might have heard the stories. I don't know whether they're the two guys on the road to Emmaus. I don't know whether they were at or saw the Last Supper, you know, that we celebrate in the Lord's Supper, or whether they'd heard the stories, whether it was just with the Twelve, whether it was this intimate thing where there were no windows. and But perhaps they did remember it through the stories or seeing it. When Jesus broke the bread, maybe, ah, oh, we've seen this before, we've heard this before. When he did it Last Supper, when he talked about his death and resurrection, he talked about his body being broken, his blood being shed, and the why, that it was for the forgiveness of... And we say that, don't we? You know, Take, eat, remember and believe. My body was broken for the complete forgiveness of all your sin. And maybe when he did that, they thought, oh, we've seen this before. Where have we seen this before? This was this supernatural deja vu moment. Where have we, you know, where have we seen this before, heard this before? Oh, wow, this is Jesus. And then they say, there was something, right? Our heart was burning. Something was happening when we were walking with this guy. You know, when he was explaining Scripture, there was this burning. For our 11, it was Jesus. As Jesus opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, that was the aha moment. We get it. When he went back to see the 11. So Scripture, truth, along with fellowship and intimacy, opened their eyes to who Jesus really was. And you know, this is true for us as well. I talked about Scripture and, and the Word and studying and understanding that being important. I want to go back to that for a little minute. Something happens when we truly engage our minds with Scripture and begin to understand it. Have you ever had one of those moments or listened to a podcast or listened to a sermon or read something where you think, oh, wow, all of a sudden everything makes sense? Have you ever had one of those moments when you've sort of read something and thought, 
I'd never seen it like that before. Or you've heard someone explain Scripture. You know, um, if you ask Glenn, that would be Tim Keller. Is he still on trend, Tim? Yeah, he's still on trend. You know, someone like that or someone just really expounds Scripture really well and you've read this Scripture so many times and then you listen to it and you think, oh, wow, that is totally new. That is really cool. Is that just me or have you ever had that? That was probably like these guys. And it's ongoing. You know, don't stop having those wow moments, you know. It's not like a once-only conversion thing. Charles Wesley was a believer. And he was an active believer. And I think he was in the Anglican side of active faith. Yet here's what he said when he reluctantly attended a prayer meeting where Luther's work to explain Romans was being read. Don't ever say that our sermons are boring. This was a meeting where they were reading Luther's work to explain Romans. New series coming up, Joel, next you know. So you can imagine he reluctantly went along to that, all right, you know. Here's what he said about a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given me then that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. This man had been following Jesus for a while. Had been a, he reluctantly goes to someone explaining how Romans fits together and his heart strangely warmed. That's the power power of the scripture that's the power of engaging with god that your heart can be strangely warmed you can oh, i get it it matters it's important jesus is who he said he he did this but here we also see that intimacy and fellowship is where jesus reveals himself to us when he got together with the two guys he broke bread when we break bread, when we have fellowship with Jesus, when we're intimate, his work in our lives becomes clearer, his character and his closeness becomes more important for us to grow close to. And this is why we do Lord's Supper every month. It's not because it's on the calendar and we need to tick that off to be a good church. Communion Lord's Supper is so important because it fosters that intimacy. It reminds us of what Jesus did. It reminds us that he is who he said he is and it helps us to own it for ourselves to own what christ did and to feel the love that it took for him to do that and this is also why times of being with god quiet times worship times sharing stories of faith and testimonies are so important asking god to speak through us to us also as we listen but also through us as we fellowship with jesus as we gather as as fellow fellow travelers on the way when we fellowship with Jesus and fellowship together, we talk about all he did and all that was said about him, our eyes are wide open, become wide open. And then, like the Emmaus guys, end of our story, we want to share it. They've just walked seven miles with Jesus and they've stopped because it got dark. Remember, they said, now you better come in and eat because it's dark and it's probably not safe on the road and come in and eat with us and we like you, we, we think you're not going to rob us, all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, and as soon as he reveals himself and he, he's gone, that's probably another sermon, what do they do? They don't say, let's get to bed early so first thing in the morning we can... No, they go straight away, those seven miles, back to the 11. They're so excited they want to share it. 
Their eyes have finally been opened and they want to share it. The Emmaus guys ran the whole way back to tell the others. They wanted them to see what they now saw. And, and how do you do that? By just being, by, by telling them, hey, guess what? They were pumped and they were excited. And, and then Jesus comes in to the disciples too. And once their eyes were opened, he said, this message should be proclaimed and you will be my witnesses. It's pretty obvious to us, isn't it, what that's about. When your eyes have been opened, when you get it, when you understand who Jesus is, when you recognize what he's done in your life, you want others to have their eyes open too. You want others to get it. You want others to see it. You want others... You know, when you see a good movie, back to the movie analogy. You know, who went and saw um, Bohemian Rhapsody? The, um, yeah, I'm a bit of a queen and love that movie. I'm telling everyone about it. You've got to go and see this movie. Yeah, okay. You know, working with young people sometimes is demoral. No, it's not demoral. I think it's. But you know, you get excited about something. You want to tell them about it. You want to tell them, oh, you should see that. You should see this. That's what it's like when we understand who Jesus is. When we get it, when our eyes are open, you want other people's eyes to be open. You want other people to get it as well. These guys were so excited, and we who have experienced the risen Savior should be moved with similar emotions. As we come to know him, we should react the same way. We shouldn't be able to contain it. These guys couldn't contain it. That's what we see. That's how Luke finishes. Luke finishes with this sense. Luke helps us to understand that Jesus is not about to go anywhere until we totally get it, until his disciples really get it. But not just so that they could have a warm fuzzy and think, wow, we were in the, the presence of this amazing person. But because he... Wanted them to understand that you are now witnesses. Yeah. This goes from here. So we've been talking about the way of Jesus. And it looks like this is where it ends, but it doesn't. This was just the beginning for the disciples. It wasn't over like they thought. And perhaps this is where it actually begins for you and me as well. It's now our way. We talked about the way of Jesus. We've been preaching about that. But it's become our way. This is now our way, isn't it? As we recognize Jesus in our lives, our eyes have been opened. We're called to be witnesses too, to help others on the way. The events of Jesus' journey were, were just the launch pad for the mission of the kingdom. And not even just, they were the launch pad. You know, we have one more next week. Joel will help us to see how that launch turned out. And I think that's really interesting to have a look ahead and see what happened with that. But here's a hint. You turned out because of that launch. That's where it goes. So don't forget to come next week. I think it's amazing that sometimes Scripture can be so practical and so instruction, so, so based on instruction that something like Luke can, can help us understand something so clear. That we can be kept from recognizing Jesus because he just doesn't do the things we expect him to do all the time. When we, when we look at Scripture, when we allow our Scripture to be opened, we allow our minds to be open to Scripture, we'll get who he is. We'll see him for who he is. And we'll be his witnesses. And that's, that's an amazing, that's, that's so encouraging for us to know that. You know, but my life isn't always like that. I'd like to stand up here and say that 
you know, I got this. I've got it now. And I'm sure that for all of us, it's not always that easy. Do you need Jesus to meet you on your Emmaus road? Sometimes. Maybe right now. Maybe sometimes. You're having difficulty working out who Jesus really is for you. What he really did for you. Maybe again. Are you struggling with understanding that again? Do you need a reminder? Have you maybe, or has life made you lost sight? Made you lose sight of Jesus? Has he, has he not acted as you expected and you've lost sight of him? Do you need your eyes opened? I do. I do. I need Jesus to meet me on my Emmaus road. Again. I need him to come alongside me and remind me of who he is. Do you need that today? You're struggling to figure out who Jesus really is for you and in you. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you for your word, your wonderful word. Scripture that is sometimes so mystical, but other times so clear, so practical for us, so instructional, helping us to understand so much more of who you are and why you came. And Lord, so that it's not just a distant knowledge or third person knowledge, but Lord, Lord, I thank you that Scripture makes me a part of it, makes us a part of it, draws me into it. It's just not knowledge about why you came and who you are, but that I am a central figure in that. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that you draw us in to help us to understand that your way was for us and that your way is for us as we move forward. Lord, I pray for um, those of us that need to meet you on our journey. I pray that for myself and for those that are those of us here that perhaps have lost sight or just need to, to know you, to fellowship with you, to have our eyes opened. For those of us that have difficulty working out, Jesus, where you fit and how you fit, giving you your place and understanding our place with you. Lord, I pray for us as well. Lord, I pray for those of us that need a reminder of who you are. Pray for us, that those of us that struggle with um, just getting into your word or finding a context or people that, that can surround us and help us understand your word. Lord, show us the way. Lord, for those that have lost sight of who you are, and we know that that can happen. We know that the world can work in such a way that we lose sight of you. Lord, I pray that our eyes would be opened, that yeah, Lord, that you would give us opportunities to see you again. And Lord, we pray that as we go forward in the way, that we would be witnesses of something great. That we would be people that embody you and bring you to the nations, starting right with our own. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.